do like a, a Harry Potter or something like that, you know? I just don't well, I mean, dude, we all want a Harry Potter, right? Like, wouldn't that yeah. be nice, you know? Um, I, I, I want it, but I just don't. Yeah. I know that I <laughs> that's not, you know, God didn't give me that. <laughs> you know, I mean, I God, I would love to talk with her, um, you know, you know, because I just, I don't think that she knew she had a Harry Potter on her hands, you know, like I know she, she I'm sure she knew she had something that she had to say. Um, you know, she had a story to tell. And uh, well, what is that? Like, how did she, I don't know anything about her, but like, did she struggle to even find a publisher for that? I think she did. Um, you know, and I think it's, you know, it's, it's so funny. Like, um, he, he, like, hold, hold on, just two seconds, just so we can, uh, we can be official here on one second. Wow. I mean, you know, gotta, gotta be official somehow, but, um, you know, it's fun. Hey, um, by the way, I'm talking with no offense, Sky, Cyber or Skyver? Nope. And Skyver, yeah. Skyver, yeah, cool. Um, and, uh, you know, writer, artist, author, um, super excited to have Noah with me today. Um, dude, really excited. I remember, uh, I kept walking by your, your table, you know, at, uh, at Heroes. And I'm like, this dude's got it going on. Like you had a good, you had a good crowd all the time and you had just, your, your presentation was just solid all the way through. You had, oh, and, uh, and they clearly love you cause they give you great placement. So, um, that's ne nothing to bark at, you know. I had a blast, man. I hadn't even done a show in years because uh, before the pandemic, but I think even before that, I just hadn't really had my own table anywhere. So, uh, you know, I'm so I'm in South Carolina, and I, I've been to Heroes Con before years ago, and yeah. I knew that was like a really solid show. So I'm like, I'm going to do this, and yeah, I, I was really lucky. They gave me a really nice table, and uh, you know, it's like I had a lot of people that just. Apparently, a lot of people wanted to come and talk to me. <laughs> oh, it was, it was, it was, it was, it's cool because, like, I think that one thing that's amazing about that show is that the the people running it are as into the, the the creators and the product as the people attending the show. So it's kind of this well, sort of like balanced machine. You know, I'm I almost feel. <laughs> I feel sorry for Chris Michello or or John Romita Jr. because they're sort of cordoned off in this sort of other side. I didn't even know they were there. Yeah, I mean it's funny because and their and their times are sort of controlled because the crowd gets nuts. Um, oh, yeah, I just feel like that stuff that sucks. Like if I ever got to that level, I wouldn't even want to do it like that, where you just have like I'm only signing from this time to this time, like. I, I love just, just being around and talking to people. Yeah, it's you know it's and it's it is strange and I and I've you know I've you know <laughs> fortunately I've never had that problem in my life you know um, it's but coming. it's it's coming it's coming right sure um, but it's kind of, it's an interesting thing um, you know and I ended up like having to like I, I've never I mean this is not a brag thing but I've never waited in line to talk to people because. I'm like, I, you know, I wouldn't want anyone waiting in line to talk to me. Like it's, you know, if I see someone, I'll be happy to chat with them, but I needed to at, talk to Jonathan Hickman um, about coming on the show. And I'm like, and like, he had like, the, you know, the tensor barrier line set up, you know, and I'm like, well, there were just three people. I'm like, that's okay. Like, I'm not going to stand there for 45 minutes. I'll stand there for five, you know? And, uh, and it was fine, you know, he, yeah. and 
he was, you know, it was the end of his signing period and he was totally cool. But uh yeah, it was at Heroes Con. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know. There's a whole group of people who are over there, you know, who who live in a rarefied era, you know, in that yeah. sense in, in the industry. And it's not them, it's just like if you slap them in the middle of the show, it would just be a log jam. Yeah, you know? and that's true. Yeah, once in fact, one year I did Heroes Con. I was there with my friend, and we were sharing a table. And they had right next to us uh, Kevin Eastman, who's like one of the creators of the Teenage Mutant yeah. Girls. And he, he just said we had a lot. His line was in front of our table like the entire time. Yeah, it was terrible. Yeah, and it's it, and it's and I'm sure like I'm sure absolutely sure every every creator who has that sort of draw probably feels pretty bad about like you know the sort of the impact it puts on their fellow creators because everyone's been in the table that doesn't have a line you know like nobody nobody walks in with a line um yeah it, it's i mean i remember back in the early 90s when the image guys you know were just when they it was funny because they were huge for marvel but when they broke off and did their own thing to create image they it, it was a completely different level and the shows it, it 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 became Beatlesque. It was just nuts, and uh, you know the lines were ridiculous. The management of people was crazy, and I, I I feel sorry for all those show promoters how they had to handle that because it just was insane. Yeah, that was really cool though. I I have like such a nostalgia for that early image mm -hmm. era. In fact, I even have right here next to my drawing desk. I actually have the Spawn number one. Like oh wow. It's yeah. like the first like six issues. Because yeah. I'm doing a uh, a little like autobiographical comic about that issue of Spawn that came out where he kills the child molester, the ice cream ice cream. Right, 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 right. Yep. Uh, which was like a big thing. Like I remember my neighborhood, like all, all the kids I knew were like, oh, like you couldn't believe it. It was so like scary and brutal and stuff. Yeah. Right about that. <laughs> so yeah, so I so you your your book. Um I, I was it's 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 interesting because you know I, I I so Joseph Smith and the Mormons I you know I'm walking around and like what I I get these big smiles inside when I see all the different comic books that are coming like that are out you know and and graphic novels because it's no longer just you know Spawn or you know or, or the X Men it's like now like the the market is like hey we want we want a, we want stories we want challenging and interesting material. And I was like, you know, when I first spot him, like, oh my God, that's so great. Like, you know, and I think there was the guy who, uh, that the Muhammad Ali book that uh, was on the other, I think on the other side of the aisle from your location, not directly across, but like, it's just, it's, it's like this great period. Um, and then you were cool enough to send it along to me. And like, I, I spent the weekend, like in the world, like reading the, the book, like, you know, day and morning and evenings. And like, I was just kind of like, traveling through this this not a very long period of time um of this of this man's life and uh it was it was a really really great um thing and i'm gonna tell you it's the funniest thing and like and maybe you're you know you're gonna like have a great laugh at this but i felt like i was like looking at this extended cut of a schoolhouse rock Does that <laughs> that's the first time i've heard that one that's good because like some of the, some of the artwork just had that kind of vibe to it, like the character quality of the of the faces, and I'm like, 
this is like got that whole kind of vibe going on. It was really good. It was just so it felt like I was like kind of like like the in the the young you know, kid in me was getting this sort of like okay, I'm gonna learn something here kind of thing and 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 be entertained in the process. Yeah, cool. Sounds good to me. What was the, <laughs> so I mean, like you know, I mean, because here you are with you know with with Spawn and you know and, and saying how images is sort of an impact with you know on your life as a kid or as a young person. Um, like, what was the like like the transition? Like, when did you say like, hey, I'm like, this is what I want to do, or like I want to do these things? Like, was it a childhood thing, or did you come across it like in later time and go, you know what? Uh, yeah, it was when I was like 20 years old. I, um, so we, comic books were really big in, in my neighborhood and my family and everything and, and uh, superheroes and stuff like that. But I never had any ambitions to be like a, to work in that genre. Even as a kid, I never really wanted to be that kind of a cartoonist. I, I always wanted to be a cartoonist, um, but, you know, I, I read other stuff like the, you know, I was really into like Ren and Stimpy at the time. Yeah. As far as like comics, like Bone was out was coming yep. out back then. I was really into that. Uh, I was just into that kind of more cartoony stuff. Ralph Snart was weird. <laughs> wow, weird. okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So wow. that was my ambition. Like, if I was, like, going to draw at all, I was going to draw that kind of stuff. But I also wanted to be a paleontologist, you know, and all that. Because <laughs> 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 I'm, I'm of that Jurassic Park generation. Like, sure. So that had a big impact on us. Uh, but, uh, yeah, when I was – I tried to be, like, a painter for a while. And it just wasn't working out. And uh, I saw this documentary called Crumb. Mm -hmm. And right after that, I saw American Splendor. The movie yep. about Picard. Yeah. It was just like I, it was this big uh, revelation to me that comics, you know, you could do comics, but you didn't have to do them about superheroes or right. something like that. Like they could be anything. They could be really personal. You can explore topics that are very, really interesting to you or even like, are not autobiographical, but are still personal to you and things like that. So, uh, so that's I kind of um, recalibrated and I went that way. Like I was like, okay, well, this is the way I'm going to go. I'm going to try and um, use comics, this medium I grew up with, uh, but I'm going to use it to explore um, myself and topics that interest me, things like that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I was like 20 years old, and then. Uh, because I remember I rented those documentaries, the documentary and the movie from like a blockbuster video that was in my house, uh, which sounds very antiquated to people younger than me. Yeah, I think I saw. I saw. I, I think I rented the the Crumb one, but I think I saw American Splendor in in the cinema. Um, yeah, like, it was pretty good. Yeah, it was great. It was great. Um, I mean, I yeah, the copies I have, I never returned those. I still have those DVDs. Blockbuster <laughs> case. You know. Well, I don't think they're going to be coming after you for them. I don't think so either. <laughs> I think you're okay there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would challenge to say the, the idea that, um, you know, when you said about the personal work, I think anything that does not work for hire mm -hmm. is is personal work. So, like, like it doesn't have to be like you know autobiographical in that respect because. Sure. It's what sort of drives us to choose to take the time that we have. And it's, you know, it's so interesting how you say that about, um, you know, those two, those two creators in particular. And, you know, reading, you know, your graphic novel, like, that's, a, that's an individual who, it, it, you know, in so many ways, the same kind of thing. Like someone who is like, 
driven to say their thing and damned everything else. Like, it's just, this is what it's going to be. And like, that might be the definition of art, you know, an expression. You talk about Joseph Smith? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah. Like, there, there's, I mean, like, I mean, how many artists you know who like struggle, you know, and I'm not calling them an artist, but what I'm saying is like how many creators do you ha have in life who are like, they hit this wall and they just keep on going, you know, adversity hits and you come back, yeah. adversity hits and come back. Yeah. And it's, so what is that part in within someone, you know, that makes them go? And I think your book is a kind of an exploration in some way, but not, not an editorial exploration of it, you know, like you're not sort of saying this is what i think it is like you're trying to be like here's what it was mm -hmm. the information that i have um but you know it, then it becomes our job to kind of like sort of piecemeal these these parts together and say what is it that you feel from this or believe in this you know yeah that's right i didn't want to take a, a side on it i just wanted to portray it and then at the end of the story somebody can decide how they feel about it if there's any truth in the religion and things like that, you know, um, mm -hmm. I don't know how successful I was in that. I think, uh, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of, I've seen people criticize it, uh, because it wasn't, uh, reverential enough to Joseph Smith. Okay. Um, but those are people that are in the church and that they would settle for nothing less than sure. And that it's their profit, you know? So I've seen some of those reviews, um, but I really did. I, I really felt like I was objective uh, as much as I could be Oh, growing up in it and stuff. But you know, the one thing that I, I said a few times about that is, you know, because talking about Joseph Smith as like an artist, it's like, uh, I never thought about it like that. But, you know, the Book of Mormon, I felt like, is valuable um, as like an American, like as far as like American history goes and as like a text, because even if you don't believe that it it it, it is... Uh, um, true uh it's still a work of automatic writing in the same way that like naked lunch is <laughs> it's yeah. just from the 19th century because it's yeah. still somebody who is just has his head in a hat and is just <laughs> saying a story out loud that's being written down yeah so that's really fascinating to me i don't think and there's a lot of people i've seen that are just like they just say like basically destroy it you know get rid of you know the book of mormon's trash and all this and I'll, i understand like it it's pretty heavy stuff for a lot of people, but there is value to it. And at least that way, like it, it is interesting. Like if you tried to read it, you're like, this is, and it's like written in like King James first. Like, right. Right. It's so it's very strange, but, um, but yeah, it's fascinating. I'm, I'm really fascinated by it. And uh, anyway, the short, and the short thing I want to say is, is that I, th I feel like the book of Mormon has value. <laughs> yeah, I no, I there in no way like is is the work is the work that you've done any sort of sort of like you know uh you know lifting up or throwing down of the subject. No, yeah, I just didn't want to diminish it. I'm not I'm not you know, and I don't think the publisher would want me to to write a no anti-religious screed either because they don't want to deal with that. They're just like it's just it's more interesting to just create something that's so straightforward and and uh, objective and just let the reader read it here's the american history here's this this story and then uh what do you think about it you know <laughs> and i and i and i don't think it is nearly as you know uh you know known i mean i i don't think i knew the majority of the elements in there i knew sort of like the, the sort of the big 
the big gestures and I kept going like, I'm like, oh, oh, okay. yeah, it, it's, it, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's a fat, I mean, it's fascinating. Um, so when you, so when you're 20 and you're like, Hey, you see, you, you, you see these movies and that you're influenced by these sort of, these sort of, sort of, I guess, mass media, you know, reinterpretations of, you know, what the, uh, the smaller, smaller media of, you know, the cartooning is like, what did you like, what did you say? Like, what was your self-talk in that sense of like, okay, what am I going to do here? Is it, was a question posed to you or what? Um, what am I going to do here? Like as far as like a uh, change up of medium or something or. Yeah. I mean, in the terms, like, I mean, like, because like if you're a 20 and you, you're, you're sort of hit with this and you go, Oh, I, I, I've got, I'm, uh, did you say I've got to do something or Hey, yeah. here's what I should do with that idea. That's been banging in the back of my head for, three years well i so i had uh i didn't really have any ideas for like books but i knew that uh cartooning looked like a lot of fun and it seemed like although uh this turned out to be a big joke it seemed like the, uh, you can make a living doing that right uh, and i at the time you know I, I i didn't go to college i was just working at like a, a bagel shop um and i didn't have any plans for my future or anything really i mean i just kind of was like gonna be a bohemian painter or something. I, I just had no direction. I was I was ready, so I was primed for that kind of influence and in, uh, in direction. I mean, basically that was it. Like it just I just saw a path that I could take, uh, and I felt like I had the skill sets the skill set to get there, which was just um, I'm going to be like an alternative cartoonist. You know, mm -hmm. I'm going to just do whatever I want, and I'm going to make a living from it. And all this stuff. <laughs> did, you, did you did you see like? Because it's an interesting thing. Like I, 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 you know, I went to school with a few people who are definitely really great alternative cartoonists. Mm -hmm. And um, like, I don't know if you know who Sam Henderson is, but Sam Henderson, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Sam was one of the people I went to school with, and Sam's great. He's brilliant. Yeah. And he's hilarious. But man, like the second I met Sam, like I knew, like, oh, Sam is like, like he is that person. He saw the world in his own eye, and interpreted it you know on paper how he saw how he did things and yeah. I, you know and i was fascinated with that you know and i you know so like i but like i'd assume like sam has an internal dialogue that's saying okay well that's what that's what you're doing but here's what i see you're actually doing um yeah. did, you, did your mind operate like that because it's really like a unique way of looking at the world well i related to that the, those two movies um, mm -hmm. I really related to that sort of uh, feel like an outsider. Yeah, you know, like I, I felt like an outsider at the time. Uh, I still kind of do, and so I I felt like I could see things from an outsider's perspective and, and I could comment on them. Yeah, uh, like I didn't, you know, I remember being a teenager and like realizing what MTV was actually doing and like how fake everything was. And being outraged by it, and then being outraged at everybody around me that was buying into it. Uh, um, so, like, I, that was the perspective that I had on it. But, like, as far as like being a cartoonist, when, once I decided I wanted to be a cartoonist, I knew that I could draw goofy stuff. Mm -hmm. But I didn't know, you know, the whole other part of it is like storytelling. And I remember um, I had uh, some computer paper, and I was like trying to to work it out how I was going to do this. I wrote this story called Pep the Dog Goes on a Date. Okay. First comic story I tried to draw at at that stage where I realized I wanted to be a cartoonist as like a direction for my life. 
and it worked. Like I was like, I just, I just wrote it out, drew that, drew the story out. And it, when I was done with it, I realized like I actually had a story, like it had a beginning, middle and end. Right. It wasn't something that I was conscious of when I was creating it. It was something that came out because I had internalized so much, so much crap, so many, so many comic books as a kid. Mm-hmm. And I watched so many movies that like I had all, I had in my head I already knew how a story works. Yeah. And, uh, and so that after I did that, I realized like, Oh yeah. Okay. So, so I can do this. Like I, this is not going to be a struggle. This is a something, this is like an art form that I'm, I'm ready for or that I'm, I'm made for, um, uh, or that I was, you know, that I already was before I even knew it. Like I already knew a, I was a cartoonist before I even realized it. Right. You know? So like in just even the stuff that I was attracted to as a kid um, was all the stuff that was going to inform what I did as an adult. Um, so it's like a, a cartoonist by birth or something. There's just like some wire yeah. in the brain. Now. Well, I, I, had this, I had this odd um, sort of like philosophy, I don't know philosophy, but it's a theory like that the world's greatest surfer will never see the ocean. Like they will be born and raised and, but they'll never hit, never gotten a chance to see the ocean. Like the, the statistic numbers of whoever could be the best at whatever it is, will never see the thing that they could actually do the most. Mm-hmm. And it's getting that chance to, you know, put the pencil in your hand or put the surfboard under your feet. Like that's the thing that changes it. And like, you know, they never got that trip where they saw the ocean and they said, what's that? I want to try that. Yeah. And like, you 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 know not that you didn't know it existed but it's sort of like you're like oh that's the thing like somebody can do this it can it's a thing to be done i want to do this and you've then picked up you know the tool tools to do it and as so many people who do this thing of you know making comics there's this internalization of storytelling that happens you know at a, at a young age which you know like we we take it for granted like there's this sort of like of course you can tell a story visually right yeah tell a story on paper right because it's all the same thing like how do you but like i don't think the rest of the world operates in that same fashion they don't look at things and absorb them on the sense of what the needs are um for characters and for 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 beats and for you know plot like these things are they're 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 valuable but they're not like there's not a little sign that pops up and says you know like here's the turn you know but it's yeah it's very intuitive uh so like if i'm working on i i I think you mentioned earlier about like the different ways of working on stories and like uh when you talk about like you know this this, there's a structural structured way uh in which you go and then there's like the what i uh call the stumble through yes the way that i i go yeah i just kind of go like that's my destination for this story. And then I just go forward and just try and get there. So like right now I'm working on a a story that I know what the ending is and I know the characters, but as I'm going, I don't necessarily know how I'm going to get there. Um, Things keep popping up and I go, okay, well, this is going to be an element of the story. Now, now this is going to be an element of the story. You know, I I just keep drawing and keep writing and then things, and I don't even know why I'm putting these elements in there. They're just there. But I know that when I need when I need um, a way out of something, uh, I've written myself into a corner, or uh, I need to do some problem solving. I some of those elements that I introduced earlier are going to be, they're going to help me out in the future. Totally. And totally. I know why that is. It's just the, the way the brain is like. Uh, did you did you ever play D and D growing up? 
I didn't know. That was too easy for me. I, I hated nerds. <laughs> <laughs> Good business to get into, by the way. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's like, but it's crazy because like I always feel like when I'm writing, like it is like D D, you know, like or like if you've ever you know watched a fantasy quest film or movie or book or read a book, like it's this thing where like you're like handed all these things and you're like what does this mean this doesn't you know why it's incongruous to everything else i'm trying to do but then all of a sudden like it fits for a reason later on yeah and we all like to think like oh well of course the author knew what they were doing hmm, maybe not like they just kind of like you kind of have these things kind of pop up and you're like well okay well that's what's happening and you let the character just keeps kind of plodding along doing their thing because they're making choices you know, you kind of let them loose in, in the, the environment and let them make the choices. Well, if you create a really good, if you create really good characters, yeah, then sometimes they write themselves. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You're, just there to, you're like on a leash, basically, you know. Mm hmm Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, it's like, it's a, the, the extendo dog leash, you know, they let's let them run out far yeah. enough. Sometimes it's like they're running to the edge. You're like, clink, you know, and you're like, yeah. oh, you know. I'm working on a scene and I'm like, this doesn't feel right, but I don't know why it doesn't. Yeah. Like this is pretty interesting, right? But I'm still feeling like I have kind of a bad feeling about what I just wrote or something. And uh, and then I find out later on, like, oh, that's because that it's like there was like a fork in the road, and I just chose the wrong right. There. So let me just hack that limb off, and like we'll go this way now. And then because yeah. you know, sometimes you don't know why you're doing what you're doing at all. Like why, you know, why are these characters at a skate park? This is so, uh, now I have to write about skate. This is kind of weird. <laughs> you realize like, God, I, I introduced that skate park. Yeah. Now, now <laughs> yeah. in the first place, it just, you know. Yeah, but who, yeah, but then you sort of have to let it run its course to see where that, where that takes, because it could definitely become a part of whatever that, you know, the, the plot line happens with the characters, you know, like you might end up having like the skaters come back into play later on. You never know. It's a, it's a thing. You need, you need a character to to be uh, missing during a scene. Well, they're at the skate park <laughs> that we introduced earlier. So <laughs> okay, it's like, right, exactly. Because you're not you're definitely not naming a place that we haven't been yet. So we can we can we yeah. can all ex accept that bit of reality. Yeah, um, yeah. So, um, were you writing when you started off early? Did you write scripts or did you just did you just sort of like? you know doodle doodle right well i was doing you know i was i was very young so like all of my stuff was very like uh like the, you know there's this like wise guy period that a lot of cartoonists go through when they're young which is just basically i'm gonna do stuff that's offensive and, ir and irritate people and that's how i'll get attention yeah all you really want is attention you just want people to look at you so uh so all i was really doing was like one page comics that were just okay. like making fun of like a Britney Spears or something at the time. I don't know. You know, like the horrible, these horrible comics. Uh, and then I would send them out to, I mean, I made a lot of submissions to Mad Magazine and, you know, different uh, small press publications and stuff, just trying to get my work published. It was just terrible. It was terrible. I, there was like a, you know, a bunch of newspapers in Denver that I was getting stuff published in that were, you know, I don't know. So yeah, it was just basically nothing, nothing could be reprinted now. It's just awful. Did you wait? Did you now? Did you grow up in the Denver area, or like, or is that just happened to be? The... I, I want. I, uh, I, uh, yeah, just spent some years there. I was there for maybe maybe like ten years or something. Spent some years there. Yeah, yeah, I was there for ten years. 
it's like prison. Yeah. Um, well, it became, yeah, definitely. It, became, it yeah, was hard to get out of there, that's for sure. Childhood, ch youth. There you go. The prison of youth. Yeah. Um, so, so basically, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't taking it very seriously. Like, I was just basically um, just thinking, like, I was following the model of like, the underground cartoons. Like, you just uh -huh. do a bunch of big one-page comics that are just kind of rude, and, and then, uh, you know, you'll be like this punk artist or something. Mm -hmm. uh, I never, but then eventually I started, when I started trying to take it more seriously and write stories that, that were going to be good, like, that was my, my quotes. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I, never, I never wrote anything out. I would have, like, a notebook, and I would write just basically, like, a skeleton outline of the story. Yeah. And then that would be my script. And then I would just go forward and, and write it and redraw stuff that needed to be redrawn. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's interesting how the, like the, the, the sort of writing process early on is very much like this linear sort of like action, 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 action kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Did you develop a process and do you still, or have you developed a process of collection? Cause like, that's like, that seems to be like the biggest hurdle for, writing is like not letting those ideas that sort of appear all the time um you know let them go you know so the, do you have a collection technique um for your work yeah yeah absolutely in fact i was just writing some stuff uh, last night uh, this little weird story uh, you're talking about just like writing down these like little odd yep things. yeah 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 oh yeah um i write down little stories ide ideas all the time yeah you know, speaking of skate parks, uh, like I wrote down one is like this. Skateboarding is this industry that you age out of by the time you're like 25, basically. Right. And it, I just wrote down like a, a story idea for uh, somebody who is like 27 years old or whatever. And it's like they, they're down to like their last sp uh, sponsor. Oh, no. Yeah. They're, you know, they're about to um, uh, compete in like a, a skate competition. It's like everything, basically, their entire career relies on this skate competition. And how, <laughs> it's like, I don't know anything really more about it, but it's like that. It's basically like that movie, The Wrestler, but it's about skateboarding. Sure. Yeah. And, it's, and it's pulled back so that it's you. I mean, it's somebody who's actually very young to everybody else. But within that stupid industry that they've chosen, it's like they're an old timer. You know? Yeah. Because <laughs> I remember I grew up skateboarding. So it's like. I remember we'd see somebody that was like 21 or something like, Oh, look at this old person here. Where are they right. going? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, talk, yeah. Talk about, yeah. I mean, talk about a, an activity of, of youth, you know, I mean, like, you know, it's not, yeah, it, it is not the one where somebody picks up a board you know, in their twenties saying like, you know what, I think I'm going to start skateboarding. Yeah. No, hopefully not. Yeah. Pick, up, pick up a surfboard, at least the water, doesn't hurt as much although mm -hmm. the bottom of the ocean does not feel good when the wave pushes you down on top of it but you know that's one uh, this is off topic but i'm kind of interested for just living in Asheville. do you even go to the beach do you guys go to the beach at all <laughs> we, yes we do it is a long long journey to yeah. get to the beach from Asheville. um you know we have we have family in charleston okay so we will make the six hour trek to charleston um you know, and uh, we have a family friend in uh, St. Simon's Island who just the other day, my wife was saying, we need to go visit them. And I'm like, all right. So she's like five and a half hours away. I'm like, okay. Like, yeah, it's it's no small task. But yeah, well, that's, right. that's where living in Columbia beats you, I think. Yeah, for sure. 
Yeah. Go to the beach pretty easily. Yeah, you're like what? You're like two and a half hours away. Uh, yeah, it depends on what island you want. You know, we went like to Edisto, yeah. Edisto is like I think two hours away. Or right. Okay. So yeah, she, we she wants to go camping on Edisto like mad. She just oh, man, you got to before summer's over. You're, yeah. you're running out of time. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe, maybe next summer. Um, yeah, it's definitely one of the one of the sort of like the punch list things to do. So, um, yeah, it's you know, it's not, I, speaking of South Carolina, did you you didn't do the South Carolina Comic Con in like April? No, I didn't do that one. There's there's one coming up uh, this month though. In just a few right, months. they're doing like the the mini, like. Yeah. Version. I'll work to it, but you know, I only really do shows that I'm invited to. Yeah, I just, and I, I can't afford to just keep buying tables and hotel rooms and stuff. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's well. The nice thing about that one is that it's a, you know an hour away, so it's just yeah. a quick hop down there for you know for me. Um, yeah, I know. I mean that that's the, the big balance, like you know, like balancing this comic you know career thing and like presentation. Like, how do you get like? Because the shows are great for getting your yourself to a public that is, just doesn't know you exist. Yeah, no, I, I love doing I love doing that stuff. I mean, I had such a great time at Heroes Con. You know? So I'll, I don't have a table at the, the Comic Con here, but I'm just going to go and walk around and. Oh, cool. People. Yeah, I, I I think I think I'm st it's still on my calendar. So uh, if it, we'll we'll have to we'll have to get an overpriced beverage and yeah. uh, and uh, and catch up there. Um, so let, let's let I'm, I'm gonna hop around but like you we're talking about the this the script writing blah 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 but like you know you this book you know has a publisher this book isn't sort of self self-promoted piece of work so how did you how did like what was your intention like i mean you're like hey i've got this idea and then like was this an idea that just kind of germinated and then someone's like well, you need to go talk to a publisher or like, did you say I need to talk to a publisher? How did that go for you? Well, I've only worked with, I mean, I work with Fanographics usually, okay. uh, a, a publisher out of Seattle and they, they call themselves the publisher of the world's greatest cartoonist. Nice. Uh, well, that's they publish, uh, you know, Charles Schultz. Uh, yes. Stuff like that. Um, but I, you know, they're still, they're still pretty small time. So for this book, I knew that if I was going to work on it, I was going to need an advance mm -hmm. uh, and like a sizable advance. So that was that was my idea. Like I, I'm going to have to work with a bigger publisher to pull off something like this because it's just going to take so much time. So I have a friend who had done a graphic novel. He did a, his name is Durf Factor. He did a graphic novel called My Friend Dahmer. Okay. Through Abrams, and so he um, linked me up with him to be the publisher of this project. Cause I had, this is a book that I had been circling around for years, but I just was never at a place where I felt like I could do it properly. I wasn't, I didn't have the skills yet. I, you know, I wasn't good enough. Uh, so I had a lot of failed attempts at it, but then around 2017, I was like, okay, I think now I, I can do this. I think I can like, I'd already been doing the research for a while and stuff like that. And uh, so, yeah, so I just wrote to, to this publisher, this editor, and made a little book pitch, all that stuff, and they said okay. <laughs> it's not very, not a very exciting story. But. No, no, no. Well, no. The, so I'm going to tease out a few things in this, in this, because I think there's, there's, there's sort of information in here that you know is buried in, in the experience, because 
you might have either like not realized what you were doing or whatever, but like, what was a book, what was a, did you have experience making a book pitch to begin with? Uh, did I experience, I'm sorry, what? Did, were you experienced, experienced in making book pitches up to that point? Oh, uh, no, I wasn't really because uh, working with Fantagraphics, you know, I'd known, the, they knew who I was just from mm -hmm. seeing my work in different anthologies and things like that. So I didn't really have to pitch it. I mean, a pitch to them would be like an email that says, hey, here's what I'm drawing right now. Here's, right. Do you want to publish it? <laughs> it's very simple, straightforward. Like, you know, once you're in with them, they know you, they, they, they like you as an artist, they want to work with you. They just want to know what you're working on and, you know, if they can help with it. Sure. So this was my first time making a pitch, but even my pitch was very simple. It was uh, just one drawing okay. and a list of the events in Justice Smith's life that I was going to cover. Okay. And that's all it was. And uh, yeah, and, and, you know, my own history in the church. So mm -hmm. I don't explain like why I'm the artist to do this story and what it means to me personally. And yeah. Well, that's, and I think that's a big, big thing. And I guess, you know, for anybody who is watching or listening, like maybe they don't know your, your sort of relationship with the, you know, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So like, maybe you can just kind of give a quick. Yeah. Well, quickly, I was, I was raised in the church. Um, my family goes back very far in the church uh, to the 1800s. So it's pretty important. Um, my mother lost her faith and they, my parents divorced. And since I was young, I was about 12. So I was with my mother after the divorce and she uh, kind of influenced myself and my, the younger siblings in my family to, we all like left the church. We, and so I, I, I was, was always curious about it. I was always interested in, in what it was all about uh, and exploring it. So this was my my chance to go back and uh, revisit that, that faith and see if I if I um, educated myself on it on it where it came from and stuff. And I, could, I maybe I would find out uh, that it was true for me or something. You know, mm -hmm. reclaim that faith basically. So that's what the whole project was all about for me. It's I, it's that's really really interesting and it's so you know like so there's a couple of things that I think are really pivotal. One is that like that age of twelve to me is a really important age in our lives. Like I think we are we our interests and sort of curiosity is sort of like lock in at that point in our life, and we're like so these are the things that kind of we carry for the rest of our life, which is kind of like oh you'll always love whatever that is that you were into back then. Yeah yeah. And so, like, for that to be that transitional period of your sort of sort of your familial and social relationship with the church, and then that's taken sort of out of your life, and the subject maybe being yeah. a taboo subject in your home at that point, mm -hmm. it, it becomes this sort of like, you know, you know, looming specter, you know. That's exactly right. And yeah, I mean, I, once you're taken out of this thing that you were raised with, uh, yeah, I was very confused and very angry as a teenager. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It was just really important for me to yeah to go back and, and figure all this stuff out, sort it out, and, and hopefully it would... Uh, where were you in the in the in the food chain of the kids? I guess like I, I'm number eight of nine. Okay. Okay. So you're so you're okay. So you have a fair amount of elder siblings in that sense. Uh, yeah. 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 And, 
you know, they stayed, stayed in the church. I mean, a lot of right. them, you know, so we, we really did split the family. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I, I have, I have older siblings. So like, and so like that, like it, and, you know, and so when the, you know, the divorce happens, you know, like there's this, there is this fracturing, you know, and like, you kind of like, whatever that sort of ex relationship kind of changes, you know, and, you know, at whatever age it is, and, the, you know, and there are these sort of like, I don't know if, I, if the word forced sort of events that happen in life beyond those, that period where you are all kind of back together or versions of you are back together, you get this kind of weird sort of like connection, you know, that, that sort of isn't sort of consistent or uh, as sort of like open and nurturing as it felt when it was, you know, yeah, it's weird. I think um, divorce, you know, at that young age, you know, being raised in a big family, having all those memories and being a part of that, when that ended, it definitely left me with this kind of family complex. Mm hmm because I think uh, me not being in the church, it definitely had it had an effect on my relationship with my dad. So because my dad is very devout, right? Once you're no longer in the church, it's kind of a, you know, I think that they discourage having relationships. Like if your family members leave the church, that you kind of have to be shunned a little bit. Okay. I yeah. felt like I was shunned anyway, and so yeah. I spent you know most of my teens and adulthood looking for like father figures and, and looking for like uh people to help guide me through things that a, a dad normally would right and it, and it gave me a family complex in the way that like i i was always looking for a group that i could fit into mm -hmm. that would fill in the role that my own family used to have when it was all together you know because yeah. it was after the, the divorce it was just chaos like i mean it was i was out i was a kid just out in the street my mom was working so hard just to support the, the kids that were still living with her that basically nobody was looking after any of us. So we were all over the place. Mm -hmm. um, all of these, all of this chaos, all these things are really good for the mind of somebody. If they're going to be like artistic, like if they're going to go into the arts, yeah. <laughs> it's good because it warps you a little bit and you yeah. get weird experiences. Like I hung out with some seedy people in Arizona and stuff, you know, just, I did some terrible stuff. Right. And all of those things wouldn't have happened if I had been, raised in the church i'd be i'm sure i'd be you know married at 18 and i'd have a million kids of my own and stuff like that at this point um but uh, so for that for the purpose of making a cartoonist it was a really good thing that happened yeah but it definitely left me constantly searching uh and um looking to start a family of my own or something yeah uh, and then that and then that just leads to all sorts of awful experiences sure you can't yeah. you really can't force something like that it just has to happen you know it's you can't happen. yeah you can't sublimate you know people in relationships yeah. you know mm -hmm. like it's there are there are things and it's like yeah and it's like you know it's interesting because like we've all had like you know we're of a generation we're of the we're of the divorce generation you know like where the where the first waves of the parents splitting and like you know so you grew up with a lot of kids around you who's families were you know broken in one way or the other um and it was just really it's it was really weird to see like how everybody like in retrospect how all these different kids handled it you know yeah um, you know if you didn't have if you weren't afforded an outlet in life then it becomes a danger you know 
like it, it's like that's the big thing is like whatever that thing is that you can kind of like channel your energy into yeah the much healthier thing in the long run um you know and you know it, as long as it's not bringing harm to others or yourself yeah um, yeah 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 so i mean so that i mean so like it's super interesting and like i'm also really really curious about like you know we're we're always uh, you know it seems like we're always very afraid to talk about the things that we screwed up on like you know that like you know so like or 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 the or air quote failures of whatever they were and like so that you have like false starts you know on this on this project um you know like what did they look like to you did they look like okay here it is and you just started like making pages and then you just hit a wall and you're like i don't know what to do i don't know where to go with this yeah well i had used you know i didn't so yeah, basically I rushed into it knowing that I wanted to, to do a graphic novel on Joseph Smith's life mm -hmm. and the founding of the church, but I, I didn't have the patience to pull back and really learn about it before I jumped into it, like to actually mm -hmm. do reading and, and visit the sites and all those things that I wound up doing later on. So I would just jump in, uh, you know, I didn't even do sketches about like what, you know, here's what Joseph Smith's going to look like. I, mean, it, I was just like, I just, it was all passion and not and no uh process yeah no process <laughs> so yeah so i just i so i have all these false starts that were just uh sounds you know, like sounds like early stages of making love yeah just basically just, just like you know looking at the wikipedia page basically and trying to illustrate that right and it's like right. what am i going to gain from what what is why am i even doing this like if i'm going to take this seriously i need to wait until I'm, i can actually take this seriously and plus my drawing skills have not plateaued yet every project that i do i'm a little bit better of, as an artist mm -hmm. so i just wasn't there yet like i'm still not there i'm still not the cartoonist that i want to be and right. I'm, I'm working towards so back then we're talking 10 years ago or something it's like i you look at the stuff that i was doing when i was trying to work on this project and like thank god i didn't keep going you know, I know someone didn't say yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was using shortcuts. I was doing a lot of captions and narration and stuff. That, things that like I totally threw out for this actual book. Right. Because that that is just basically like I don't really want to draw that. Let me just write it. Here's what happens. You know, and uh, that that solves that problem. It's very important when I worked on the actual book that everything that happens needs to be happening through dialogue or mm -hmm. visual so that you're a fly on the wall you're watching this stuff happen these are real life events you're there with them you're in the room you know i'm not i'm not some uh um yeah i don't know i'm, I'm not i'm not guiding you anyway really right. you know, so. how did you how did you get to, i mean so like how did you find like what were your what was your sort of value of source material that you were drawing from and then where did you like where did you say okay i'm stopping here and now i'm going to sort of elaborate like you know because i can't i can't believe you know your dialogue wasn't already written so like you had to kind of like come to voices of what these character who these characters were and, and what they would say to each other and like we're using an interpretive sort of way to kind of connect dots like here's what happened and here's where things started now here's here's a series of sort of like people exchanges to get to that point yeah sometimes it was like that but you know i was reading a lot of uh books 
and there's a lot of letters. I mean, the, the best thing about doing history, a book on the history of the church is that a lot of the history of the church is documented. Like they have all sorts of material and you, and it's all very available. So, you know, I read, there's some books called the Joseph Smith papers. They're like a lot of his um, correspondence and things like that. Uh, so I, I was fortunate enough to be able to look through that stuff and then basically interpret it into a, how it would be, how it would look if it, if, you know, if, as it was happening. So I would have a notebook and I would just go to a coffee shop with a couple books and I would read about a scene in particular that I knew I had, I had to include. And I would cross-reference those scenes, how like each writer wrote about them. Um, I had a, a friend um, who worked for uh, an LDS um, book publisher and mm-hmm. he's, he was very uh, intelligent. He helped me a lot with that stuff. Then I would get my, I would, if I was stuck somewhere, I would have a conversation with my father on the phone and tell him what I was trying to work on. He would try and give me some advice. Um, so I, I just had all sorts of resources and uh, I just read a lot of books um, and pieced it together in that way. And then for photo reference, like I said, like I just traveled to the sites where the, the things were said, you know, where they were said. Yeah. Look at legal photographs and stuff. <laughs> so, yeah, sur- surreptitiously, yeah, documenting this stuff. I mean, like, yeah, because I mean, like, I, like I'm assuming that like that temple you know the, the the last one in the book is like it's still there like that uh-huh. yeah like and it's kind of cool like that there you know the the, the reason I, I say that the very sort of way out there maybe not too out there considering the subject of the book um like my wife and i went to southern ohio to visit uh like the indian um ruin sites which are yeah. just unbelievably cool and like you know like there's one city we found that like we found yeah we found it you can all be impressed. Um, no, but it was like, it's just, it's like in a state park and there's nothing like there's, there's one sign, but you have to like go hiking and go up on this hill and like, you can figure it out. Like you can orient yourself, but it's like a forest. Yeah. Yeah. I've yeah. done the same thing. I went in Ohio. I found some uh, native mounds mm-hmm. and you know, there's all sorts of weird and there were more. And that was something that was interesting when I was working on the book is that the, you're thinking about the time period what the landscape would have looked like and how confusing that would have been for the people and how that informed this religion in a, in a certain way, because this is sort of new England, uh, area and stuff. There's mm-hmm. a lot of Native American mounds yep. all over the place. Nobody knew what they were. Nobody knew who the natives were. That was a big thing that people mm-hmm. were trying to solve. Um, I felt like this is a, a country where people are coming and they're bringing their Christianity, but then, how does this Christianity relate or how does this land relate to their Christianity? Sure. Um, uh, how do all these things tie together? And then in a certain way, early, the early church, the early LDS church really solved a lot of those problems. It told you who the native Americans were, where they came from mm-hmm. native mounds were piles of bodies from battles that had been waged all over the landscape. Right. The dirt, which, um, solved a lot of problems because people would go and, and dig into those mounds and they'd find actual skeletons and, right. and wearing gold and all sorts of things because they were pillaging those mounds all the time. Yeah. There's way less. There used to be a lot more of them on that landscape and they're all, a lot of them are gone because people just dug them out. You know, they'd, they'd buy some farmland and there'd be a big mound. Yeah. Dig into it. So, and then now that was the whole thing. Like Joseph and his family were uh, making money with their, the peepstone and, helping people locate lost treasure and stuff like that. 
it was a very people had a, a very um, magical worldview back then. Sure. Um, so anyway, I don't really know why I'm going on a tangent, but it's just basically like all those things about early America. It all comes together, and it's perfect for for this new religion, which is sort of like an Americanized Christianity. Well, yeah, I mean, how, like, like I mean, it's like it's sort of that it's it's like manifest destiny, you know? Like, there's this value. Like, we have to place ourselves in a sense of value to yeah. the, to our actions. So, like. <clears throat> like, hey, man, like if you travel this giant ocean and you get to the other side of this ocean, there happens to be this whole beautiful unspoiled land and you can kind of make your way into it and do what you want and sort of, you know, you can start a bank. You can you, you can run for president like you can do all these things that you couldn't do back, you know, in the lands that your forefathers came from. So this is a this is an impressive opportunity. So. But the question is sort of this sort of existential of like, well, why am I here? You know, it, like, and if religion is sort of baked into your daily ex expression, well, then it has to be something to do from God. Like, it has to be. And God is here with us. And right. Jesus Christ visited America. And the Garden of Eden is in Missouri. You know, it's all these. Sure. This is a very important. Like, God is watching us. This is God's country. You know, all these. Yep. I mean, it's, it's so so interesting <laughs> i mean it, it is fat i mean it's super fascinating and you know so getting you know sitting and reading through this i'm like oh yeah of course this it, it, it's not just this you know this thing where you say oh this is just a crazy person's sort of you know adventure or this is a completely manna from heaven like this is this is humanity you know and how how people survive and how they sort of interpret the world and what is there and, and what do they do within it you know and these it's no i i get it and it's and i think that you know what we said about being a very non-judgmental approach to it i think that really does make this accessible yeah as as a work um well when you're reading this this graphic novel i think what you're going to discover is that the religion did not come about as like one day it exists and one day all of a sudden there's the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. It's you're watching it form. Things are coming into it that are now a part of it. You know, uh, you know they they uh, take on this guy Sidney Rigdon, Oof. who is a, uh, a very powerful yep. uh, orator and has his own church and has his own religion and stuff. He brings all his followers. That, you know, so now it's just like it's growing and then. Yeah. Somebody brings in their rules and then it's getting bigger and somebody brings in their motivations. And now that becomes a motivation of the churches and, and all the, you know, um, I think the one mistake I made, I think something that bothers me is that I didn't, uh, as far as storytelling goes, I showed a lot of people who were against the church in the book, but I feel like I didn't do a good enough job explaining what their motives for hating the church was right. I wish that I had done that more. I wish I'd focus more on that. And I, I had some pages like that, where it's people sitting around a tavern, um, you know, uh, it's like commiserating on how on with this, all these church members are invading their town mm -hmm. and stuff. But it just felt too heavy-handed, so I got rid of it. And now, when I when I look back on it, I'm like, yeah, but now I just have like a bunch of ugly people saying they hate Joseph Smith and they're going to kill him and stuff. And I wish I didn't. Yeah, I, well, I mean, like, I, I think I read somewhere how you, you, you know, you 
had originally proposed this book to be X amount of pages long, and then you like contacted yeah. the editor saying it's got to be a lot longer, you know? Yeah, and that was man, the page count just kept ballooning. It yeah, longer. There was so much stuff I had left out, you know. Well, I mean, that, I mean, I think that's, I think that might. I mean, listen, I, as a person who you know, who's who's you know, novel went up to two hundred thousand words and winnowed it down back to one fifty, like. Wow. It's the nature of the the beast, man. Like, and I would only think in a biographical work, it it becomes because you really ba your balancing act is so much heavier because it impacts the real world view, mm -hmm. you know. And it's because you can't just make something up and say, "Well, this is what happened." Yeah, right. Well, you're also, you know, I was also very mindful of this is biographical, but it still needs to be a story, like, right? everybody's life isn't fit to just be written down and, and work as a three act structure. You know, it, you can't, you have to really cherry pick. So, you know, like the movie about Ray Charles, it's like mm -hmm. Ray Charles actual life. You know, it's all this stuff. It's like very complicated. Johnny Cash's life is very complicated. Yeah. He didn't just like get clean and sober at the end of it. It's like, it was just a constant struggle or whatever. So but yeah. if a story about somebody, you really have to cherry pick events to fit a specific narrative. Um, and the only narrative I really had was poor kid, uh, on, you know, from a, a family of terrible farmers, built <laughs> a religion at the end that that becomes uh, um, persecuted and hated until he's martyred at the end, you know. Yeah. And that was just basically like, okay, well, that's that's the straight line I have to get to. But there's all sorts of twists and turns, and you you go, okay, but I need to stay on target here. Like this is it. For sure. And I, th it, it was, you know, it was interesting how like you kept weaving in the sort of the, you know, the, 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 the bad choices in a sense, like, okay, well, we're going to start a bank or we're going, you know, like, you know what, like, I don't want to be considered like, you know, a full, you know, someone who's cheating on his wife. So I'm going to make up, you know, like, this is going to be the new way it's going to be, you know, because there's, I have evidence here in the Bible. So let's just make it a thing. Yeah, right. Like, that that's like you know like these are the the humanity the human aspects you know and like i don't think it's like i don't say like the bank thing is a bad thing i think what it is is like it's a business you know and like how do you keep this business afloat how do you keep this you know and that was the sort of the effort like well we could do this and it could have worked out perfectly but there were powers at play that were working against them and or well, all these People like you have all these members coming to to be in your community. You know you don't actually have the land for all these people to live on. So it's like all you know. Well, we can try and figure out a way to buy this land. It's, you know, it just keeps ballooning and ballooning. For sure, yeah. And if you try and solve that problem, you just get yourself into more hot water. I thoroughly expected Jimmy Stewart to come in at some point and and and, and solve the problem at that at one point. That would be great. Yeah, when the, the secret lost pages of the no, of the graphic novel, Jimmy yeah. Stewart. Oh no, it's a, it's a whole thing. Um, so um, surprise! I know your editor, <laughs> Charlie, um, okay. the the amazing Charlie Cockman. So so Charlie, um, so Charlie go, like is super close with my old college friend and uh, and post college roommate Eric Dozier. And Eric used to work with Charlie back when Charlie was at DC Comics. Oh, okay. And our first summer in our apartment in Hell's Kitchen, it was 
blazingly hot. And we weren't like we moved in probably like late spring or mid spring. And we weren't smart enough to buy air conditioners at the point. <laughs> so we were like, la di da da da. And then the, like, the temperature goes, just goes pins through the roof. We had the top floor apartment. So our apartment was 100 degrees if it was, you know, 50 degrees. And we would sit there at our drawing tables with paper just stuck to our arms. Like it was super non conducive to actually being a productive artist. And so Eric called Charlie up and he's like, yeah, sure. And so for, I don't know how long it was until we could get, until we could get the air conditioners purchased, delivered and a power lines put in because they needed to run lines up because the building was so old. Like it would just blow the circuit breaker when you put them, put them in. So we, the statute of limitations have worn off here. So no one's going to get in trouble, but we work in the DC offices. They had, they had this um, whole wing that was where they put like Dick Giordano and uh, Joe Orlando and all these like sort of venerable employees of the business who weren't part of the day-to-day uh, editorial staff. And they had these offices where there was a library. <laughs> and Charlie's like, just come in here in the morning, you know, just call me when you're coming over. And so we went over every morning for, I think like two weeks and we would just go, we'd go there. We'd buzz him on the phone. He'd come over, open the side door and we'd walk in and go sit down with our paper and pencils and whatever. And we would sit there and draw our, you know, whatever assignments. I'm like working on Marvel pages while I'm sitting in the DC library. Um, yeah. For a couple of weeks. So Charlie, Charlie's the man. Um, he is great. Yeah, I do like Charlie a lot. Yeah. So and truly, so like, like, I mean, Charlie had to like pull his, you know, his magic wand out when you're saying, "Hey, this story is going to get big." Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, and then when I turned the story in, uh, he was like, "Oh, this is a lot of pages." But then I was like, "Yeah, but I still need to write like a note section too." You know, <laughs> even bigger than that. Yeah. Uh, he was totally cool about it you know it was there was no and he didn't he didn't shorten the book at all he never he didn't remove any pages amazing and I, it couldn't have been i mean you i don't even know like what stuff i feel like would be good to remove even the the pages of like just nature right those are there for a reason that's all yeah. for, for pacing you know that's yeah totally. that's purpose and that and that and this is actually one of them like you have those there there are these these interstitial sort of pages which are just landscapes mm -hmm. and they're these you know and they they don't even have type on them they're just like here's here's a piece of artwork i put yeah. this i put this i saved this one because <laughs> joseph reminds me of like conan o'brien in that shot oh i can see that i've never yeah. heard that before that's Tall good hair like it just like in what it, like if conan was doing a bit you know where he had to be old-timey like mm. there's conan in an old-timey outfit um, yeah no it's and the, this one was this the one no, not this one. That was beautiful. I love this page, by the way. It's beautiful. Nice textures. Uh, yeah, very Van, like Van Gogh with the uh, the waving lines. This is it. So this is the first, what I first noticed, and I think it is the first. It, it, so I love the usage of you did the crayons for the background. Yeah. Uh -huh. I love that. Like, was it like a symbol of fall for you? Like, because I think like you, I don't know, like when, like when you chose to use it or not, but 
like it's throughout the book. I think you use the same piece of artwork and you just sort of moved it and centered it and scaled it to like, you know, fit in the background. It's totally cool. I love that fact. Oh, thanks. Um, yeah. Was it a, yeah, it just, it just sets the mood. I guess it is fall time. I don't know. <laughs> I, you know, the coloring, I have a whole philosophy about my coloring, which is that it should be as loose as the art. Mm -hmm. so my line quality is very loose. And I don't want my coloring to seem like it's fixing or is in contrast to the line work. So it has to be a little little messy, a little painterly as well. You know, and the sky adding a texture like that. Right. Seems suitable and how do you how do you how like on a project this large, <clears throat> how do you what like and I'll use the term and then I'll redef I'll redefine it, but like how do you handle mission creep? So like in the terms of like you're doing the artwork and the artwork, as you said, like had your artwork plateaued or whatever, like, how do you like go like, Oh, I'm doing this differently. I need to consciously not do it differently. Like staying on model, a uh, rendering technique, whatever the thing might be. Um, how did you handle that? Well, the stuff that I drew in the beginning of the book didn't make it into the, I had to keep going back and redrawing a lot of things mm -hmm. as I was going along because uh, my art style would, would change. Yeah. Characters would change, and that's not something you do consciously. It just happens from drawing the same thing over and over again. It just like it, it there's slight alt, you know, slight alter altercation or what is it? Alter alterations. Alteration, yeah, yeah, yeah. That just that happened, and then uh, before you know it, it accumulates, and the character looks completely different. <laughs> so I, I had to constantly go back and, and change things, and uh, but then I'd also like learn new. Uh, new details and I'd have to go back and redraw it something and add that detail in there. Okay. Yeah. So like the page you showed of, of that with the sky yep. was drawn 2018, I think. And then right. you showed of uh, Emma in that page was drawn 2020, even okay. though that page happens before. Right. The page in the story, just because I was constantly going back and, and fixing things and rewriting things. Wow. And I, I knew that I needed to give Emma more space in that in that chapter that's kind of devoted to her. Um, it wasn't originally really, she didn't, you didn't really get to know her as well as I felt like you needed to at that point in the book. So I went back and rewrote that chapter and gave her more scenes, you know, just to kind of fill her character in more. Oh, that's, that's great. Well, I, and I, and I think it pay, I think it really does pay off, especially toward the end of the book mm -hmm. where, the sort of the 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 events between the two of them become much more charged. Yeah, you know, it's not just "I love you" and we'll make it together, Joe. Mm -hmm. um, it's a very different sort of expression later on. Yeah, um, and since I was drawing it uh, like straightforward, like I, you know, I, I wasn't jumping around. Mm -hmm. I remember I. I, when I got to that scene where Joseph is saying goodbye to her uh, in the house, I knew that was like probably the last time I was going to draw her. So I felt like I was saying goodbye to her. Oh, okay. I, I remember listening to my headphones and I, the song that was on Pandora was uh, um, the Beach Boys Forever, I think is what it's called. Okay. And it was like so sad. I just started crying. <laughs> wow. I've been working on these, this book with these characters for so long at that yeah. point, so many years. And I put so much work into it and so much thought into it that by the time I got to a point where I was actually drawing this character who I really liked at for the last time, it was like this song just 
happened on the, you know, in, in a disco, I got so emotional. Yeah. It was really sad. It was, no, I, I'm sure. Like, I mean, like we, we live with the, like we live with these characters and works that we take years to do. Mm -hmm. um, even if you take a year to do something like you really do become emotionally involved with these characters. Yeah. And so well, you feel like, you know, them, you know, yeah. I'm drawing them and, and everything that I'm learning about them. I have to figure out why they would do that, why they would act that way, what 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 this means ultimately. Mm -hmm. So I I really you, you really do have to become the characters that you're writing. So uh, yeah, you know, so all this stuff was real to me as I'm working on it at my desk. You know, yeah. I mean, there's an added level of like um, to it for you because a these characters aren't characters; they're people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, and they also have a sort of a, a you know a rooted connection in your life. Mm -hmm. So whether you knew about them to what degree it, before, but now it's like okay, they there's these fundamental beings. And you know what's going to happen? Like when when Joseph is accepting his fate at the end, of he's you know he goes with his brother. Yep. I know where they're going. I know what's going to happen. You know, so right? Very dark you know i'm sitting there drawing it like and i feel like i'm on my way to death row or something right yeah this so this was i thought this was really interesting how like so can you kind of briefly talk about your challenge of handling these sort of the visionary panels like because like that's big big stuff to try to like contain in, in, a, in a box mm -hmm. um was this method something you had early on in your head or is it something you had to come back and kind of refine? I didn't have it. Well, you know, it's, you mean like as far as like the size goes and how like I'm going to structure it, I could well, have easily had made that. Using the silhouettes. I mean, you use silhouettes. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So um, the storytelling parts of it, I wanted to do in silhouettes. Like if, if they're going to talk about um, if they're talking about a scene from the Book of Mormon, I'm not going to draw the scene. Right. I'm not going to illustrate the Book of Mormon. I'm going to do it in this way. It's a silhouette. Um, and so I, I think for that right there, that's not from the Book of Mormon, but that's, um, I can't remember what that's in, maybe the Pearl of Great Price maybe or something. Or is that from the Bible? I can't remember. I'm so rusty on this. But yeah, it, from the Bible. I just, it was just an example I grabbed because I, I thought it was a really creative way of handling something that's bigger than just human events. Yeah. So um, I think I just didn't want to draw anything biblical or anything from uh, their their own canon. So I had to draw it like that. Yeah. But then I, I can't remember what was my reason because I separated that style from when they're explaining something magical that happened to them. You know, yes, like, like the personal, personal visions. Yeah, I'll do that in blue line work. Mm -hmm. I won't color it. And that will separate it from what I'm setting up as reality, which will be the full color artwork. Right. Yeah. So I just needed these three things separated visually. Um, so the blue line work is something they're saying happened and, and might have happened. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's graphic. <laughs> graphic design is from their literature. I think yep. that's what it was. I can't remember. No, it's graphic design. You're you're setting you're setting up you're setting up a sort of a a, a, a rule system or a, a wayfinding system for the reader yeah. to understand like what the, what they're going to be going. So when they ex 
when they first pass through it, every time they see it again, they don't have to go because it would be like never having seen word balloons. You know what I mean? And then having to explain word balloons every single time. Yeah, yeah. I think it, I think it works for somebody if somebody's never read a graphic novel. Which like the thing about this book is that a lot of people who are reading it have never read comic books. It's really reaching that different audience, and uh, yeah. I think that they pick up on that intuitively. Like, yeah, you know, they know what I'm up to. It reminds me of um, like those um, oh, what is it? The Taiwanese paper like dolls, like how they tell stories you know, against yes. the screen. Like yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, like, yeah. That, like that kind of stuff. Like that. that's what I kind of like really kind of gathered when I'm reading. I'm like, oh, I like this because he's using sort of like, you know, or shadow puppets, you know, like using something to kind of tell the story, which is like, but I'm not being specific in what it is, you know, like I'm just like, it's, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's a very, it was a cool technique. Well, thank you. And that was not illustrating the Book of Mormon was uh, something that I realized I needed to not do at a certain point, too, because I have some deleted scenes from the book that were just I'm going to take uh, parts of the Book of Mormon and draw them now mm -hmm. like, in this, you know, in between Joseph doing whatever he's doing. Here's a scene from the Book of Mormon. OK, but <laughs> it's just like, why am I? I don't want to do this. It's better if you just this is a book that this guy published. You don't need to know necessarily what the whole story is. You can just, you don't need to include that stuff, you know? Um, yeah, it's already out there. You can it's already out there. You can seek it out. And, and other artists have done it. They've already, there's already been so many illustrated Book of Mormon. Right. Illustrated Book of Mormon comic that Mike Allred, um, you know, Mad, Madman yeah. did. So I just didn't want to, I didn't want to take it there. I just wanted to keep it about the person who made it. Um, so, you know, I, I did the first graphic novel I ever did was called The Hypo. It was about Abraham Lincoln. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, I didn't do Abraham Lincoln's presidency and I didn't do the Civil War. I didn't do anything that you know Lincoln for. I just focused only on his depression. So it's like okay. Greenfield, and these are, I'm going to draw the story about his internal struggle he was going through. And I didn't include any of the politics or any of like his lawyer stuff. None of that. Wow. It's, I'm just going to hyper focus in on like, this mental breakdown that he had. And I, I like that better than, than trying to take on some big story. Like I'm going to focus in on like just the human part of this. Right. Well, I mean, isn't it that, isn't that what makes us who we are? Like, I mean, it's those, yeah. it, it is those adversities and how we engage with them, um, which ultimately make who we are in the end. Yeah. Um, you know, this book is very human too. It's, Oh yeah. It's a, it's a portrait. Of a, of a prophet yeah yeah no it it, it totally it totally is and and like i mean and like you know your your tone gets darker you know as as the story moves on like you know like i mean like to me like you added a lot more texture and darkness and you know as when things would not be sort of idyllic like it's it was heavier yeah no i mean there's a lot of weight in the, you know in the pages when things are dark you know for uh, the you know the, the the followers whomever they are in the in the story. Um, that's supposed to be you know that's that's a charcoal on that page there. Oh really? Okay. And uh, it was supposed to be like uh, like frost. You know? Yeah. <laughs> that's, no, that's what I'm going for. But yeah, no, I mean it. No, I mean I kept I kept looking, you know, saying oh it's because you were using some unique textures, and I'm always like I'm like oh I wonder how because like that's the beautiful but that's one of the amazing things about digital coloring nowadays is you can. You can put anything in there. Um, yeah. No, I don't. I don't use a lot of that. Like I'll do the, the flat colors in the background are digital. 
Yeah. But I put in as many, you know, uh, ink washes or poly mm -hmm. or whatever, you know. Yeah. Like, I think, is this, where are the ink washes? I saw somewhere in here, I saw ink washes. Oh, yeah. Well, that all of them have it. They're just very, yeah. sometimes they're pulled back a little bit. But you can see, yep. like, on Joseph's clothing. Yep. Yeah. The background and stuff. In yeah. Cool. Um, so you mentioned something earlier. And so you said that you, you spoke with your dad. Mm -hmm. about this about this project so that and you know his being part of the faith i mean how how was that process for you talking with him because that's kind of a, a pretty well, significant thing well it was good it you know it helped me kind of reconnect with him for a little bit mm -hmm. because i think he i think he was hoping that it would lead me back to the church this project i would i'm I would sure into it and i would find the truth and i would go back to church but it just didn't work for me that way. And I think when he saw the book, the final book, I think he was very, very disappointed. Oh. Um, very upset about it. And that was that. So I haven't, you know, he never, that was it. I think that, that was probably the nail in the coffin of our relationship. I just, yeah. <laughs> I just, I didn't, if you're not, you can't human, you know, you can't humanize somebody that is infallible in some way. Right. Enough and not upset. Well, that's something I, th I thought about when reading reading the book is that you know the predominant you know volume of uh, material is going to be very much you know pointed at one direction mm -hmm. you know because you you know if this is supporting your 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 story or your belief or whatever this is you want that to be um, well, this is a miracle, or this is divine intervention. This is this, this is that. So I think like it would be hard to kind of like, you know, if that's all that you have available to you, it's hard to see anything otherwise. Um, yeah. Well, there's, there's, I mean, there's plenty of records. Like, I guess there would be like, you know, I guess non-biased, you know, historical records. Yeah. It's that stuff is difficult to come by. Yeah. So you have to, but you have to read it and um and then read the church's defense of whatever that is right kind of try and make up your mind about like what is the, is there a middle ground here sure um and sometimes i i illustrated experience things that somebody said happens um and the person who said that happened to maybe it's not so reliable i don't know like i there for example i illustrated a scene in the book where supposedly emma had poisoned um mm. That's something that a church member said happened, had written in a letter. Um, so it's basically a rumor, or it's, it's gossip. Right. Um, but it's old enough, the gossip is old enough that it might have, have had some validity to it. It's not something the church would, would say is uh, factual or it happened. But for me, when I read it, I knew I needed to include it because it made sense for Emma's character to me that mm -hmm. this is a person who has sacrificed so much well you know she she didn't ask for any of this she she probably would have been happy just being in a nice 19th century marriage you know yeah and, and just having that role or something and, and not she didn't want all of this stuff that all this baggage i needed i needed her to get some kind of uh i needed maybe the, i needed the audience the reader to also feel like she wasn't just getting shit on the entire time 
Yeah. I, I needed her to have some kind of uh, payback, you know? Yeah. Anyway, so I, I included that scene, and I don't know if it really happened. Who knows if it really happened? Sure. But there is, you know, I, I wrote this in my notes. Like, it, I wrote where that came from and stuff. But I, it just felt right as far as, like, storytelling goes to include that. That's all. Yeah, and I think, well, I, and I think, I mean, it's, and that's not the only time that it's in the, in the, you know, where she, you know, where she stand, you know, where she sort of <clears throat> steps up to one of the, the sisters, you know, when the sister calls her Emma and, you know, and she stands and says, no, 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 you might, you will address me as Mrs. Smith. Yeah. Um, you know, like she definitely asserts herself in the story. Um, where that, she can. That, that feels so true though to me. Yeah. Like, I don't think that, you know, I think that the, the church's portrayal of Emma would be very flowery almost. They're very, you know, um, yep. they, don't, they don't talk about what her life must have been, like what her feelings must have been like for all these things that are happening. You know, to me, that rings way more true than uh, like on a human level, you know, that she would be asserting herself at a certain point and just being like, because at the end of Joseph, when Joseph was, was, killed you know it's like what did she do after that stuff like it, it just it made i don't know i think uh all the evidence pointed to where i took her character anyway for me so yeah. it, it seems more true than, uh, yeah no she definitely she like she almost merits her own story you know and in, in in some sense um she's always doing something i had to like make sure that if there are women in the story in the, in the background of a scene mm -hmm. they're always working they're yeah. all doing something because there's so much to do and it's on them to do it. So if I have the, these guys sitting around in a room smoking cigars or whatever, it's like yeah. there's women in the background sweeping up you know, <laughs> or taking care of babies or hanging laundry. They're sure. never resting. No, I'm, I'm, I'm sure there was very little rest happening for, for most of those people at that time. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, it's, I mean, it's, a, I mean, it's, I, I found it to be a comp really compelling, um, piece of work so i i you know well done man like it it how it, like how does it feel like i guess you know like are you are you satisfied with like the work the labor yeah i'm i'm very satisfied with it as a book i think it's great i think it worked out i wasn't sure about it you know how it is like when you finish a book you're still too close to it so you don't know you're like did i just is this a real piece of crap i don't know what this is but i finished it in 2020, 2020 is when I finished drawing it. Okay. You know, I spent 2021 finishing coloring it and doing some edits on it and stuff. Uh, so I'm still a little close to it. I'm, I'm, my distance is is enough at this point where I can kind of look at it and judge it a bit more. And I think it's good. I think I, I think that it was the, the hardest thing I've ever done, but I think uh, somehow it, it worked out and I, I'm proud of it. You should, well, you should be. I mean, it really, it really like, it's you know i've been reading a lot of graphic novels in the last month or so and like it, it, it was it was i don't feel like i'm like oh i wish i was reading something else like i've sat and i i would sit and i'd read and i'd look up i'm like oh i just read 70 pages like it was you know yeah. so it was it was it was compelling it you know all, all the things i needed to be kept compelling you know for so yeah, that's, that's, that makes me feel good to, to know because you really yeah. know. my wife i remember even my wife hadn't read it. So I was just like sitting with this thing like nobody has read. Like, all right. That's, it's no joke, man. Like when you're, when your wife sits down to read the thing that you've 
put all this time in to read, like it was like handing my wife my book to read was a terrifying experience. Like the scariest of all of the the people reading the book. You're watching your face the whole time. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like it was, yeah. Yeah. Or, or, you know, and it's just like, you know, you just kind of want to run away. You know, you're like, I'll just be gone and, you know, I'll be back whenever you're done. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's nice. Well, but if also, if she says it's it's good, it's like, yeah, but can I really trust her? Well, yeah. I mean, listen, <clears throat> that's that's the thing. Well, she 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 handed it back with enough uh, grammatical edits that I felt that you know that balanced out any sort of like you know sort of magical thinking in it. Yeah. So my wife is really good at that too. Yeah, yeah. No, well, that's that's that, it's always good to have people better at you better than you with that stuff. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, um, you know, hey, if you're, you know, there, go go find the book. Um, you can order. I guess you can order it from Abrams, right? Like, I think there's a web, web page to order it, and then you can get it everywhere else. Your bookstore, uh -huh. anywhere. Yeah. yeah, no, it's it's and it's cool. It's a really cool book. Like the book book. Like I've seen the yeah. book. It's very cool. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah. So what are you working on now? Um, like you mentioned that you were doing the, the other story. Yeah. I don't really have, I don't have enough information about it that I, yeah. Will sharing it. I mean, is it, is another big story? Is it smaller? Like yeah, I mean, it's, it's smaller. I don't think I'll ever do anything as big as that one again. Uh, I really can't imagine that was, that was a uh, heinous to work on yeah. that. <laughs> so yeah. I'm just, gonna, I have a story that's just a, it's just fiction and, um, I know what the ending is. I'm just trying to get there. Nice. Well, that's listen. the 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 greatest gift is having the ending before you begin. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, not all, we don't always get that, and so sometimes you just have to go out there with a spear in hand and go hunt it down because it's not always. It's elusive. It's yeah. a elusive, elusive beast, and it fights back. So yeah. you got to be careful. Um, yeah. So let's see. Uh, it's Noah VS Comics yeah. right, on Instagram. Yep, that's right. Yeah, that's the easiest way to kind of find you and follow what's happening. Um, yeah, so I guess we'll see each other uh, in uh, South Carolina. Yeah, that's right. I hope so. Yeah, that'd be that'd be great. Um, yeah, um, I'm. Thank you, man. Like, I appreciate you coming on. I, I I typically don't do like a real dive into one piece of work but like it's a compelling piece of work and uh i really really wanted to talk about this with you um man thank you yeah it. um maybe maybe we'll we'll do another one you know down the road and we can just kind of talk more tr more sort of the travels of creativity um and and then on the next project i don't know um Ooh. yeah so anything else you want to like are, are you are you watching reading anything else that's really exciting for you not right now. I'm just too busy being a dad. I have a very young baby, so that's right. I've <laughs> seen pictures. I've seen pictures. The baby's at, at signings, so yeah. Like, yeah. the baby to work. You know, that's good. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, hey, listen. There's nothing wrong with that. No. Uh, all right. Well, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Are you, cool. Is this fun? Good. Yeah. Great, man. Thank all you. Right. Man. Let's do the outro, and then we'll. Uh, and then uh, we'll, we'll have the rest of our lives. Right. Oh, all right, no, um, I really thank you for coming on. It was a blast having you. Um, go find Noah at Noah VS Comics on Instagram. Get the book. It is really a great read. Um, change your mind. Change your life, you know? Do it through comics. Um, and otherwise, man, uh, till the next time. Peace out. See you.